This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, my man Jason LaConfora. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up along with Brian Baldinger, who's a part of this podcast, guys. It is In the Huddle, and we appreciate you being here. Subscribe, like us, do not miss an episode. And, of course, you can watch it on YouTube at In the Huddle Pod. All right, Jason, five and one teams. We're at that point in the season where we can start talking about maybe real contenders and pretenders, right? Detroit and the 49ers in the NFC Mm -hmm. are five and one. Chiefs, obviously, the Dolphins, Eagles, all five and one as well. Um, And I just want to talk about the NFC and the AFC. So Chiefs, we kind of figured they'd be in the mix, obviously, with what they had coming back in Patrick Mahomes. That's no surprise. But let's be honest. Did you expect the Dolphins to be 5-1 and one and as dominant offensively as they've been the first six weeks of the season? I, I don't think anybody could have been prepared for um, how much better they are than everybody else. Carl, we've played, as you said, six games. The Miami Dolphins have 30 offensive touchdowns scored. Nobody else is more than 22. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Miami Dolphins have 30 <laughs> offensive touchdowns scored through six games. Nobody else has more than 22, right? I mean, they're averaging 500-plus yards a game. Um, They had a kid come out of nowhere, average almost 12 yards a carry. He goes down. They step up, score 30. I mean, I get it. Carolina's bad, but they're down 14 nothing. They still put up their 35. They still are able to empty the bench in the fourth quarter. You know, Mostert gets his 100 and a bunch of touchdowns. Um, you know, another halftime where two has got three passing touchdowns at halftime. Yeah. Um, it's, it's on a different level than anybody else right now. Uh, I don't even really know who's close, right? We probably would have said San Francisco's close. They had been scoring 30 a game, but we'll find out about these injuries, right? And we're going to find out a whole lot more about Brock Purdy under duress. We've seen Brock Purdy when things are are, are pretty well-equipped, right? And the creature comforts are there. We're going to find out about a little bit more about the scope and the depth of that offense now. 
So do we? How much do we know about Miami's defense? I guess right is the corollary to that. Yep. And you look at who they played, and, and you know they played one team that knows them pretty well, right? One team that's gotten physical with them in the past, the Buffalo Bills. They had their way with them. So, um, you know, even when they played New England, right? Boy, was that that game, especially now in hindsight, with how good that Miami offense is. How did Bill Belichick them up? I get it. You know, Judon was still playing. The rookie corner was still playing. But, you know, that they, they kept that a one-score game for the most part, and, and Miami was never able to run away from New England the way they've run away from everybody other than Buffalo. So those divisional games will be interesting. Um, we'll have to see about their health, right? It obviously, to a, um, his health is paramount. <clears throat> It is, but the the level they hit, they're running on all five cylinders, offensively. They've got gears that nobody else can get to. Here's the other part that I I didn't think I'd be saying six weeks into the season. I'm a true believer in the Detroit Lions. Um, they've shown me enough to make me believe that they're mm-hmm. going to be in the hunt. They get Jamison Williams back, Amara Ross St. Brown. This receiving core is really good. Golf's playing great, but defensively, Jason, five and one, they held Tampa Bay to 251 total yards, 46 yards rushing, just completely shut the rushing game down, and they only gave up 205 passing yards. They made Tampa's offense look blah, and I don't think they're talking or people are talking enough about how good defensively they've been with Aiden Hutchinson and company. Yeah, the offense is scoring points, and Ben Johnson's getting a lot of credit. But the defense is way better than I expected this season. It's a different thing from last year where it was sort of an option run game. Um, and they just they wanted to bleed the clock. They kind of last year needed to be at home, right? The thing functioned at one level in the dome on turf, functioned differently when they got outdoors, when they got on natural grass. Um, this year, none of that matters, man. Um, Carl, they've won 13 of their last 16 ball games. Right, They've been hot. Start there. It's crazy. I mean, that's that's a season. I mean, going back to last year. I mean, that's from the middle of last year to now. Thirteen and three, uh, seven and one against the spread. Their last eight on the road. They're getting <laughs> sounds like somebody's this sounds, week. coming back from London. That can't are score. Cashing, are um, you cashing tickets? <laughs> well, I'm I'm cashing a lot of Ravens unders, and I expect this to be a Ravens under, and I like the Lions on the money line. You know, Jared Goff's fourth highest pass rating in the NFL this season. You go back to the start of last season, you look at Jared Goff in play action, you look at Jared Goff overall, you look at Jared Goff in the red zone, you look at Jared Goff, especially at home where he's the number one quarterback in the NFL. It's pretty special. They're top six team in pressure rate, but they're not blitzing at all to get it. They're the 28th in the league in blitz rate. So they're generating a lot of pressure with just four. Um, the sack totals lower than they might like, but – I think there's some kind of like turnovers. There's a little bit of luck in that. I think more of that pressure will convert to sacks. They've scored at least 20 points or more in 15 in a row. And again, this year, they're 3-0 and on the road, and they're 3-0 and on natural grass, which was a bugaboo for them last year. So, yeah, I think they're legit. Um, they've endured injuries already and seem to have come out the other side of, of a lot of it. I mean, they, they haven't really offensively ever had the whole thing together because remember Jamison Williams just got back two weeks ago 
And by that point in time, Montgomery was banged up and Gibbs was already out and Laporta played last week. But that yep. wasn't the Laporta we saw his first five games. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on, on the Detroit Lions. And they, they obviously love that head coach. They, they bring in the same effort and compete level every week. Um, they don't really beat themselves, right? Jared Goff has cut down on the turnovers exponentially from yeah. what he was doing towards the end of his tenure with the Rams. They're pretty well balanced, you know? You can't find too many teams in this league right now who are top 10 in offensive VPA, top 10 in defensive VPA. So, yeah, I like the Lions. So, we're talking about five and one teams, guys. And I don't know how it happened. I watched it take place. You didn't have Sauce Gardner. You didn't have your your two starting corners. But the Eagles somehow found a way to give that game to the Jets. And I'm looking at the Eagles' offensive production in the red zone. It is down from last year. The reason why the Eagles have been winning, they get pressure on the quarterback, plus turnover uh, rate, and also, you know, this this tush-push thing that they didn't get first downs and able to score off of that, but not like they did last year. So, you know, you watch this game, Jason, and and Robert Sala mentioned uh, in his press conference about, hey, we, we didn't have a bunch of guys out there, and it just shows you the depth of our defense. I don't know if the Jets can do this, you know, week in and week out and find a way to win. It was maybe one of those those things they were due. They were 0-12 against the Eagles lifetime, looking at 0-13 until they won on Sunday. But the Eagles are 5-1, and but it doesn't look like I thought it would. No. No, it doesn't. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift had two games where he looked like, you know, a 1,500-yard rusher, and then that has kind of dried up a little bit. They haven't fully embraced playing option football the way they they were, you know, certainly a year ago at this time. Um, they're not going to set any sack records this year. They they do get pressure for sure, um, but a lot of it is interior, you know. And Jalen Carter being banged up is a big deal for them. I think he really would have feasted um, on that Jets offensive line. That's a game though that they have to win. And you look at the the Jets victories this year. And I, you know, what Josh Allen turned it over four times, right? Hertz turned it over three. Um, you know, that's sort of a recipe for the Jets right now because they're so offensively starved themselves. They need short fields, right? They crave your quarterback keeping them in the game, not only ending your drive, but setting them up to score points, even if they don't move the ball. Um, the Eagles are way worse against the pass this year than they were a year ago. They're, they're really kind of down across the board and how much of that is a hangover how much of that is just natural regression um how you know how much of that is other teams focused on you a little differently i'm sure there's some of all of that but the reality is the quarterback's got to play better like I, I i'm a big jalen hurts believer jalen hurts earned that contract in every way shape or form but his decision making is looking like it did it very early in his career um and I don't know. They're just see. I don't know if it's because of the injury last year. I don't know if that shoulder is still in some way. I don't want to say compromised, but vulnerable. Like they just don't seem to be willing to get nasty, you know, and down and dirty and and pitch the ball around and play with that mesh point the way they did in the past. And I really think that set up play action. It really set up a lot of things for them. It got the quarterback into games. Um, 
but he, he's gotten away with picks. I mean, that Tampa game, he could have thrown, you know, a bunch more. Like, it's been a problem. And I, I don't know how they solve it. I do know that that's maybe the most aggressive general manager in football. So if Howie Roseman sees a way through roster addition, you know, that he can address it, um, I'm sure he will. But, like, I think they have, you know, some good running backs. You know, I think tight end still pretty good. I mean, A.J. Brown, we've seen him look unstoppable in games this year. Like, you know, he's he's pretty good. Smith, still pretty good. I, I don't know if he's looking for somebody on the edge, you know, to help a guy like Kassan Reddick. They're not getting as many sacks off the edge. Um, you know, the secondary, they lost some guys. They lost some experience back there. You know, is there a way to sure that up? The good news for them is they play in the NFC, you know. And true, true. If they split with Dallas, they're going to win that division. So they're going to get a home playoff game. But no, this does not. This is not the juggernaut they were last year. It does not look the same in the box score or to the eye test. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned the 49ers. For those who are not aware, Debo gets hurt, Debo Samuel. Christian McCaffrey gets hurt on Sunday in the game against Cleveland. And then you had Trent Williams, the best left tackle in football, future Hall of Famer, get hurt. So you take those three components out, and Brock Purdy has his worst game as a pro. So now moving forward, we don't know the extent of these injuries. One's an oblique for McCaffrey, Debo. We'll have to see how long these guys may be out. But you said it. 49ers, 5-1, and one, great. But what happens now if these guys are out for a significant amount of time? And that's two weeks or more. You're talking about two to three weeks, but depending on each one of these players, that's a big deal, Jason. No doubt. Um, look, they were they went into that Lions game, or Lions game. They went into that Browns game undefeated at home in the regular season since the uh, McCaffrey trade, which is just about a calendar year ago. So that speaks, you know, that speaks to his impart right off the bat and that opening drive they rode him to a seven nothing lead and looked like you know given the browns uh issues offensively and you know pj walker starting at quarterback and all that you know and then he throws an interception it could have been a pick six i thought warner was going to take it to the house he didn't the 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 49ers aren't able to convert that into a touchdown and that was it they were they were done scoring the ball for the day for the most part, until the very end. So, yeah, these injuries had a massive effect on them. You know, Kittle is not anything like he was even a year ago, especially two years ago, right? So they're not getting much out of the tight end position. You know, it's very sort of feast or famine. Um, You have to defend them so much differently when you have athletes like McCaffrey and Samuel on the field together, rep after rep after rep after rep. but they're not going to have that for a while now, you know. As I, 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 I think you're looking at, to your point, at least a couple of weeks, and and one of these guys, maybe considerably longer. And then, yeah, if this becomes a cycle where we've seen it with Trent Williams, where he start, he's in and out of games. When you're that big, when you, you when you're that, you know, that large of a human being, 
and you start having issues with lower limbs or knees or ankles or whatever, that stuff tends to be exacerbated pretty quickly. Um, and look, they played three straight games at home. So they've got, they've got some travel coming up because they got three straight home games, you know, <laughs> including short weeks at home early in the season and prime times at home. So, yeah, I think, look, it's going to be much more of a struggle for them now. We know they're able to run the ball well. They always can with what Kyle Shanahan does. But it was a different level with McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey was scoring at least a touchdown a game. I mean, you came into the game up 7 nothing because he literally was going to score at least one scrimmage touchdown in every game he played for them. A lot of times, he's going to get two. So who finishes those drives? Well, the next guy up would be, would be Debo, right? He was the guy yeah. getting a lot of that action before they made that trade. He's already banged up. So a uh, lot of pressure on that defense. Uh, they led the league in interceptions a year ago. We're tied for it. They're probably going to have to be that kind of defense again. Like, I don't think the answer is going to be put a whole, whole lot more on Brock Purdy. You know, like, <laughs> I, I think they know who he is and they know how to handle that. I, I think more pressure falls on the defense now to try to provide them short fields, to try to get early game turnovers, uh, to allow them to play with a lead. Um, the margins in the NFC just got a whole lot closer, right? Like a week, a week ago, we would have all said that San Francisco's in a different class than maybe anybody else in the NFL and certainly anybody else in the NFC. I'm not sure if that's the case right now, Carl. If they have to play a considerable period of time. And again, all three of these guys give me some pause because they've all had an injury history, you know? And they've yeah. all had an injury history where something happens early in the year and then it recurs, and next thing you know, it's over. It's important to remember, if you've got to go to, let's just say the 49ers, Detroit, or Philly for a playoff game, Detroit's on fire right now. Their fan base is going bananas, all right? Um, th this home field advantage thing is going to play out as we go through the rest of the season. And I'm just saying, 49ers last year, we know Purdy gets hurt. They don't want to have to go back on the road and play the Eagles again this year. So you've got to find ways to win games specifically in the NFC no. so you don't have to worry about that. That is what the 49ers talked about in camp. You know, we want to make sure that we secure that and not have to worry. So these games are going to matter with the absence of those particular players, especially the NFC games, because that's what you're looking at now. We're going to get to that point where we start saying, all right, who's going to go where? you got to go to, uh, you know, again, if you have to go to Dallas, I don't think that's as intimidating as maybe going to Philly if you're the 49ers, but still – you don't want to be on the road. Jason, I want to ask about uh, last night's game. Cowboys, speaking of the Cowboys, okay, they bounced back. They got their butts kicked. They got their butts handed to them by the 49ers last week. Everybody was talking about it, including us. Then they go and they play the Chargers, and everybody said, what if they lose this game? Well, they didn't. But Dak Prescott yeah. didn't turn the ball over yeah. last night. You know how I feel about Brandon Staley. I'm watching this game, and I'm like, it just felt like yeah. the Chargers were right there and couldn't find a way to get it done. Well, look, he, he did turn down, you know, and what was a field position game and what was a defensive struggle game, right, in which both teams kind of showed their best shot with some early scripts, and then it settled down to nothing. He, he, he turned down three points. He turned it turned down. down three points. He went for a fourth down. So did so, you know. McCarthy did the same thing. Um, but you know, and McCarthy, like again, there's a reason why I, I didn't really have a strong feeling on this game because I don't trust either head coach. 
I don't trust their in-game decision-making. Like, I, they just find ways to lose games. And what McCarthy did at the end of the half could have very well came back to bite Dallas in the ass. You know, if the other guy uh, and, and the genius Kellen Moore could have unlocked a few things there. But that wasn't to be. But, uh, you know, if Staley, uh, if Staley kicks that field goal, you know, which was a gimme, we're, we're probably going to overtime, you know, and then he's got the better quarterback. So who knows? Um Big win for the Dallas Cowboys. There's no two ways about it. Uh, they lose that game. They come back 0-2 on this road trip um, with that Arizona loss already on the road in their back pocket. And all of a sudden you start, I think it would get in their heads like, hey, are we really front runners? You know what I mean? Are we yep. Are we great when Jerry's sitting in his suite, but we can't beat anybody when we leave Arlington? Um, so a big win. Uh, that's just the Chargers. The Chargers, they, they, right? Like, how many times are the Chargers going to win a string of one score games? It, that doesn't, like, that just doesn't seem to be in their DNA. It's just not going to happen. Um, I thought that Eckler would be a little more involved. I know it was his first game back, but against that team that generates so much pressure, I thought the screen game would have been a little more prevalent. It was clear Kellen Moore wanted to push the ball downfield no matter what, you know? That didn't work out so well. Um, you know, I, I, I it's it's just kind of who the Chargers are. And I I kind of wonder about them now. You, you can look at some of the numbers, Carl, and you could say, well, that's that's the a potential offensive juggernaut. And we can talk about Eckler didn't play in a lot of those games. But we can also go back to like late second quarter against the Raiders before their bye. And they had scored 24 points in like 26 minutes. And then they didn't score the rest of that game. You know what I mean? And then they come off a bye, and they're at home in prime time, and they can't score 20. Now, they should have had 20 if the guy kicks the field, but they couldn't get 20 when 20 yeah. is all you needed at home to get you to up, right? So they couldn't do, do that. So, like, I, how good are they offensively? I, I don't know. I know the quarterback's good. I know they have good receivers, really good receivers. I know that Austin Eckler has been a touchdown machine his whole career, and he should be a scrimmage monster. And maybe they'll unlock that again, and it'll get going. But I don't know. You know, I, I they're very inconsistent. Um, they tend to have, you know, runs of a half or uh, two, you know, a quarter and a half where they look like one thing, and then that that doesn't tend to be sustainable. Um, it's a big night for Andy Reid. I know that, right? Like that's a that's a that's a nice night for Andy Reid because if. The Chargers win that game, you know, and then the Raiders are at three and three. All of a sudden, you know, maybe that that the Chiefs are looking over their shoulder at least a little bit. Like maybe they're at least peeking back, but I don't think so right now. I don't either. It is in the huddle, guys. Watch us uh, at In the Huddle Pod. It's on YouTube. You can subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Brian Baldinger, also a part of this podcast. I'm Carl Dukes. That's Jason Lockon for. All right, uh, got to ask you about the Ravens because. The Browns have arguably the best defense in the NFL, right? They've not given up 200 yards passing all season long. You saw what they did on Sunday, uh, even though the weather was crap and the wind and all of that. But the Ravens are sitting atop the AFC North at 4-2 and two after going to London and, and, you know, beating a Titans team in which I just don't believe in their quarterback. I never have believed in Ryan Tannehill, and I don't wish injury on anybody. He suffered an injury in that game. We'll see if he's able to get back. Yeah. Malik Willis is not ready. Will Levis hasn't played all season. So the Ravens, right, and the Bengals, 
The Bengals win, and all of a sudden now they're three and three. So in this division, we said it would be tight, Jason, when the season started. We we were like, it's going to be tight. But ironically, here are the Ravens sitting atop the uh, the mm-hmm. division, and I don't think the offense has been any good. You tell me. No. No, the offense hasn't. I mean, look, they don't run the ball as well as they used to. Um, when the offense sustained drives, it's Lamar off script on third down, you know, running 30 yards to pick up a third and three because 25 of it's behind the line of scrimmage, making people miss, you know, or finding his third option on third and six. Um, Carl, they have two touchdowns all season from their wide receivers. Two, 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 two. They don't have a number two tight end. I mean, they just, they don't. It's, it's, it's the, it's the damnedest roster construction I've ever seen in the year 2023. They've got two fourth-round tight ends they picked a couple years ago. One, Charlie Kohler's played 5% of the snaps. The other, Isaiah Likely, has played 32% of the snaps on offense, and he has as many drops as he has catches, um, basically. Like, their production out of the tight end position, not named Mark Andrews, is five catches on seven targets with two drops for 49 yards. That's through six NFL games, folks. That's Again, that's two touchdowns from their wide receivers. One Nelson Aguilar, one Zay Flowers. They have more drop passes in the red zone than they have uh, red zone first down receptions or red zone red zone touchdowns receptions. So that's a problem. The red zone offenses get into empty and see if Lamar Jackson can find a hole in the run game. Except they've stopped doing that the last couple of weeks, and now they're two and nine in the red zone the last two weeks um, after being six in a row the, the previous two. Um, um, you know, no J.K. Dobbins is hurt. A lot of fumbles out of the running back position. It, it's not. It, it's it's not. It's not a good offense. Uh, it's again. They they have great early game scripts, and then they can't score in the second half of games. They run really hot and cold. Um, it's back to taking away Mark Andrews, and if a wide receiver beats you, so be it. Uh, pop gun, no downfield thrust whatsoever. One of the worst big play passing games in the NFL. And again, when they do. Get the ball off. You got to worry about Aguilar or Rashad Bateman actually catching the football. And Odell Beckham's been a nothing burger, 115 yards on the season, in and out of games with injuries. Um, so I, I guess he's not. So I guess he's not going to hit his problem. Tight his end. incentives, then, huh? He's not going to hit his incentives. <laughs> he ain't hitting any incentives. No, no, but he'll still make 16 million dollars. Right, they'll still make a, a a lot of money, way more than they've ever paid a receiver before. Um, the defense though is great. Defense allows basically 15 points a game since Rofon Smith arrived. You know, week nine last year at the deadline. Red zone defense, elite. Um, the only the only area the the defense still struggles is fourth down. They they blow leads in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry, not fourth down, fourth quarter, which is a problem um, when the offense doesn't really score in the fourth quarter and, and usually stops around the third quarter. They'll beat bad teams by and large. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Todd Munkin, I believe in Todd Munkin, but I don't know. I think Todd Munkin's looking at the roster, seeing the same thing that Greg Roman saw, which is who do I trust to win a 50, 50 ball? Who's going to win a contested catch? Who do I trust to make a play on third and long in the red zone? It's Mark Andrews and that's it. Zay flowers is a really nice young receiver. Everything's underneath. It's all bubble screens, slip screens. They were relying on Yak. First three weeks, go look. It was a lot of Yak. People are smothering him now. They know they don't push the ball down the field. So, you know, they're beating up Zay Flowers around the line of scrimmage. 
and you're seeing him now have 50 yards receiving in a game, you know, eight, 10 targets for 50 yards. I mean, that's, that's Hollywood Brown stuff. We saw, saw that with a dominionative receiver before this guy's way better than him, but right now it doesn't really matter. So I, I don't know, man. Um, Lamar is good for a lot of regular season wins. Always has been, always will be. Uh, but they're going to need to have more of a big boy offense, I think, to beat really good teams in the AFC week after week after week in the postseason. And the other thing is they haven't played any quarterbacks. I mean, they they just haven't, you know. They got Stroud in his first game. They got Minshew in his first game starting after Richardson was, was out long term. They got Joe Burrow early in the season when the calf was still a problem. You know, they got Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, they got Tannehill for a half, then they knocked him out of the game. He got Malik Willis, who was got off on the second half. Jared Goff this week's a big step up in weight class for them. And I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Um, but it is a good defense, no two ways about it. Uh, and they've got the best kicker probably in the history of the game. So I I think they're gonna be decidedly old school in how they manage these games. I think John Harbaugh is done getting cute on fourth down. He's done getting cute with gadget plays and short yardage, and you know, it, it's I think he's going to take the three when it's there and trust that, you know, six field goals is 18 points. We score, you know, we throw in another touchdown. We get to the mid-20s with our defense. They're not beating us. You know, one touchdown and five field goals, it's not ideal. But for them, it, it's going to probably play a lot of weeks. So that's where I think they are. Ravens stand at four and two. Steelers three and two. Browns three and two. And here come the Bengals at three and three. We got to address one other thing before we get out of here today, and that is the Patriots are one in five. It's a complete embarrassment as to what's going on with the New England Patriots. Not only because Belichick is still there, and we're not accustomed to seeing his teams play so poorly. Both sides of the ball, right? Their defense is okay. Offense is completely awful. And you've been saying this. You didn't believe in Mac Jones. You've been saying this. And now all of a sudden he's been benched a couple of times. And I don't think he's the future. What in the hell is going on with the Patriots? It's a tough watch, man. Um, one of the most penalized teams in the league. That's not the Patriot way, but that's the new Patriot way. The offensive line play stinks. They can't run the ball at all. Um, the quarterback is regressed, and I, I don't think you can move forward with Mac Jones. I don't care who the offensive coordinator is. No, I think the defense is still pretty viable. Um, and it's pretty good against, uh, you know, look, they're only allowing 3.4 per carry. They're second in the league in rush defense EPA. Um, they face some pretty good quarterbacks, and I feel like they've been all right for the most part back there as well, right? They've only allowed six passing touchdowns, only 6.8 yards per attempt. So there's some things that you like there, but they don't get any pressure with Matt Judon out now, and that's a huge problem. Um, they have no playmakers on offense or defense. They're they're bereft of individual brilliance, which is a tough way to go in this league, in this stage of the game. Eight offensive touchdowns through six games, Carl. Uh, that's 30th in the NFL. They average 11.7 offensive points per game, and they're last in the league in points per drive. They're scoring by game this year, Carl. 17-0-3-15-17-20. Unreal. You ain't, you ain't winning very often that way. Uh, and now they've got Buffalo and Miami coming up. Two teams who, for the better part of 20 years, Bill Belichick whipped up on while he won a division title year after year after year. Didn't they win 13 straight division titles? I think he won 17 division titles in 20 years. That's right. You That's think right. they're dogs? 
when they got a chance to bury this thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> like coming off of a, a stagnant performance in London, right? And then the Bills come back from London and it's off kilter prime time against the Giants. Do, do, do you think that, you know, McDermott's going to take it easy on Bill Belichick? Or is this a get right game, right? They're going to treat this like homecoming. And then the week <laughs> after that, Miami, who Belichick did slow down early in the year, but that was with Gonzalez at corner. And that was with, right? That was with Matt Judon and Uche coming off the edge. Like, you think they're going to hold Miami to 24 again in that one? I don't. So, yeah, they. I think they're going to be sitting here at 1-7 and seven with a, a disgustingly bad scoring margin and, you know, a putrid offense. And I think it's over at the end of the year. I, 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 you know what? And there's the more people I talk to who know Bill Belichick, the more I think he, in his heart, you know, and, and it would have been one thing to break that record sure. in New England. If he breaks it, but hey, if he did it in Chicago at Hallis Hall, there'd be a certain symmetry in that. I mean, he's a football historian, right? Like, what if he did it with the Giants, where he, you know, rose to prominence as a coordinator yeah. under Bill Parcells? You know, how many, how many terrible Belichick assistant coaches has he foisted upon the New York Giants? Oh yeah, Joe Judge. No, no, he's great. Trust me. You know what I mean? Like, like how how many how he's had so much influence over how many of their coaching hires a ton, right? He's wrapped up in the Brian Flores lawsuit because he knew Flores wasn't getting the job before Flores knew he wasn't getting the job. So like, just go get the real thing. I mean, it's he's seventy one. He'll be seventy two then. Maybe he's lost his fastball. He's probably lost his fastball. But like, I don't know. Could could the Giants decide let's bring him in and he coaches for a couple years and then he becomes a football czar? I don't know, but I don't think he's back in New England, and I don't think they've hit rock bottom yet. No, neither do I. I. I think that's done, and they'll try to do it as amicable as possible with with you know the whole situation with what he's meant to the organization. But at the end of the day, I, I totally agree mutual with you. parting it, of the ways. Yes, yes, it'll be respectful, but we know the situation. They are a bad football team right now. Yeah, and I don't think it gets any better, Jason. Great stuff, man, as always. Guys, we are back on Thursday. No to talent. Talk with Tough way to go in this league. Oh, the, the talentless. I mean, they, you said it. They don't scare anybody. Uh, we'll look ahead to the games coming up, but things are starting to get a little bit interesting. We're heading to week seven, and, and this is when we start to, again, realize who might be really a contender and who's not. Cowboys, that was a big win for them last night. But as Jason said, we've got some really interesting games coming up this weekend that we need to pay attention to. And we're going to be back here talking with you about it, guys. Subscribe, like us. Don't miss an episode. Jason, man, have a great day. Read his stuff in the Washington Post, guys, by the way. He does a great job there as well. It's Jason Lock on 4. I'm Carl Dukes. Everybody have a great day. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 